Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Isaiah from Valley Sports and Performance in Walden, New York. What's up, Isaiah? How are you today? Hey, Brianna. What's going on? I'm happy to be here. Happy to be with you guys. Awesome. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. All righty. So let's waste no time getting into the details here. How did you get started? What is it that made you want to own your own facility? Um, you know, it started back in like 2019. I was working out of, um, I was working out of Equinox and, um, I don't know. I just got tired of, you know, working on somebody else's schedule, somebody else's bankroll, you know what I mean? And, um, one day I'm like looking on Craigslist and I find this small little garage and uh, it's like for like 400 bucks a month. and It's like 400 square feet. And I look at my wife one day and I'm like, I kind of want to start my own like gym in this little garage. And she's just like, just effing do it. Just effing do it. And I'm just like, okay, cool, cool, cool. So, you know, uh, so yeah, back in June, 2019, that's when I started up and um, you know, Thank God I got through COVID, but yeah, everything is, uh, everything's on the up and up there. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Good for you for taking the leap and jumping in and, and making it happen. I love to hear stories like that. So good for you. Um, now, as far as your business model goes, how do you structure things within the gym? Are you doing group classes? Are you doing semi-privates, one-on-ones? What's all that look like? So, uh, I almost try to do it all, um, so I do the one-on-ones. Um, my primary focus is on athletes. I was a young athlete, obviously. And, um, you know, I never had the opportunity to have a trainer. You know what I mean? And I felt like if I had somebody that could have coached me, you know? So mm-hmm. when, uh, when I started, I was like, all right, I want to hit the young athlete, group, like high school, middle school kids, right? And then when I opened up my own business, I was like, all right, these high school, middle school kids, uh, they're good, but they're seasonal because, you know, they have to go into their sports mm-hmm. and some of them are like three, three sport athletes. So um, then it was like group classes for adults. And then, you know, I have one-on-ones with gen pop, sometimes semi-private. So, and obviously with COVID it even turned into um, what you call it, virtual training and everything like that. So, you know, it, it went from just doing just one-on-ones to almost doing almost everything. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So now you said your main focus is athletes, correct? Yeah. yeah okay. Cool. So are you, are you serving like the general public as well, as far as like general fitness goes, or you like to keep it more so geared toward just athletes? Well, that's the thing about, about this area. Um, like you can focus on athletes if you want, but you know, like I said, it's seasonal. And it's very limited. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, serving the general population is actually the people that kind of keep me going as a business. You know what I mean? Cause it's that yes. consistent income and everything like that. So, you know, I try to serve the general population as much as I can, but I still try to make sure that like I have a good balance of athletes and gen pop. Cause I realize if I do only all gen pop, I get very bored yeah. with programming. You know what I mean? Cause gen mm-hmm. pop, like they don't want to be doing box jumps all the time or, running outside in the field and stuff like that, which is like what I like to do. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you, I got to find that balance. But the gen pop, I do try to keep it healthy enough so that uh, it can keep my business going in those downs, those down moments in the year. So Right. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a good point there. That's specifically why I ask, you know, because the athletic programs tend to be very seasonal and sometimes it's hard to maintain that across the entire year. So if you do have the general population to provide that solid foundation for the business, then it's super helpful uh, as far as taking some of the pressure off of the months that might be a little bit slower within the athletics. So All right. Now, as far as membership or athletes go overall, how many people are you serving at the facility currently? Currently, I'm looking at 20 20 consistent people coming in. And most of them do train like twice a week. Like I think I only have one person that trains once a week. So that's like really good that I can get people coming in multiple times. But like obviously with the summer coming up, more people have more time. Like I already have a wait list of like 15 people, you know what okay. I mean? So yeah. the summertime is like, is like my Christmas. That's the time to grind. You know what I mean? Definitely. Mm-hmm. So it's good. It's good cool. for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And as far as marketing goes and getting the word out there to more people within your area to let them know what you're doing, what does that look like? So I went at it in a very unique way. Um, so I'm currently placed within my hometown so I pretty much kind of know everybody right and um, I played football and I played lacrosse so what I did was I went to my home school and I was like hey I want to coach football you know and 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 they were just like yeah just come on and do it and you know you can work with like the the modified kids or like seven and eighth grade kids so I started coaching them and I've been doing that since 2019. And then my previous or former lacrosse coach, when I was in high school, he's coaching at a different district. And he was like, Hey, I need a strength coach for uh, my lacrosse program over here. And I was just like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I could do it. No problem. You know what I mean? So doing those two school districts and working with those sports and coaching as much as I can, that's like one piece to my marketing mm-hmm. tactic, I guess, you know, but, and what I've realized is that if you can really hit social media the right way and get the social media network that like is used the most, like then those kids that you coach will nine times out of 10 follow you on social media. Mm-hmm. And then if they follow you and you put out good content, most of the content I put out is just like funny and I'm just like looking stupid. And like, you know, like, they'll be like, yo, yo, this is my coach from, this is my football coach, this is my lacrosse coach. And then it becomes more word of mouth. You know what I mean? Like almost all of my clients are people that knew somebody I knew, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's what's helped out like tremendously. Okay. So. Yeah. And that's the awesome part. On the, on the general fitness side of things, do you do any type of paid advertising for that through social media platforms to target specific audiences? You know, I, I actually tried that a lot and I got like nothing back from it. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Cause you know, um, once you put a business profile on Facebook or Instagram, all of a sudden all this like little help your business type of ads start popping up. And he's like, all right, let me try like, cause I, I was doing a, um, a boot camp 
an adult boot camp. And I was like, all right, let me do a paid thing with Facebook. So I put it out and it's crazy because you can see like how many likes are on it and all this stuff, how many pages it went. I was like, man, so this post got 3000 likes and nobody has reached out on this post. You know what I mean? So it's just like, so, you know, you put all your money into it and it's like, you're kind of just kind of playing the lottery. Like maybe you're going to get it, maybe not. So I, I kind of stay away from the, the paid advertisements now. It seems, it, at least to me, it seems like a waste. Yeah. So there's a difference between like boosting a post yeah. and then running a paid ad campaign, right? With like either a lead form for somebody to, to fill out. So you're actually getting their information and you're able to reach out to them right, right, or right, right. they're actually scheduling an appointment with you to actually come into the facility. So definitely a difference there. A lot of times, yeah, you really don't get much from boosting a post or mm. just um, paying for an ad unless you're running a paid ad campaign, right? And targeting specifically, speaking exactly to who it is that you want in the doors. And yeah. if you're not getting like a three to one return at minimum, spending a dollar getting three back, then typically it's not really worth it, you know? So definitely important to make sure that you're targeting properly and, um, you know, getting, getting the right people in the door and getting a return on investment there. And I think that's why a lot of people kind of shy away from that because it kind of gets a bad rap sometimes because a lot of people, like, like you said, Facebook throws things at you, like, Hey, try this, try that. But it's not, those things typically just kind of suck money and don't yeah. provide a return. Right. But if you set up uh, an ad campaign and, and target it and, you know, it takes a little bit of time to learn that stuff, but definitely an important skill to be able to feed the business whenever you need to. Um, so it, it definitely can be beneficial, but it, it does take a little bit of, uh, yeah, a little bit of time, a <laughs> little bit of money to figure it out, but it can be a huge game changer. You know, it was for me, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I love it. And, and Facebook is still the best converting platform for leads. So yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I actually, I, um, I don't like using Facebook. Like, no? like I have my own Facebook. I have a, a Facebook page for the business, but it's like, I never get any, like maybe I'll get like one or two a year, mm -hmm. but it's so rare because I think it's because since I target um, these young athletes now, it's like they use the Instagrams, they use the TikToks, they use that stuff, you know? And it's like, that stuff always works. Like I'm always getting DMs in my Instagram, like, yo, so da, 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 da. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, 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 come on down. Da, da, da. You know what I mean? So, but like what I also tried a couple uh, months back was I was like, all right, I'm going to run like a, like a newspaper ad. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I ran it for like three months and it worked pretty well because I got people at least calling in. But um, you know, it was like, People were calling and just be like, hey, I saw this building and this building. It wasn't like they wanted to train. They they really wanted to be like, hey, this building that you're in used to be like an old warehouse or something like that. Like, oh. you know what I mean? And I was just like, okay. So this, this you're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, who cares about what it was before? Come on in now and yeah. take, take, take advantage of it now. So, right. But yeah, people are funny like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So now what do your goals look like for the business overall? Where are you looking to take this? Are you looking to eventually 
expand, grow larger, do more, kind of walk us through what that looks like. What are your goals? What's the vision? Uh, expand, expand is the word right there. Um, so right now I do everything on my own. Um, so whatever happens, I'm the custodian, I'm the owner, I'm the coach, I'm this and that. And um, I kind of, I still like coaching, but it would be good to sleep every now and then. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yes. um, so I was actually looking at it a couple uh, weeks back about, you know, where I want to go. Cause I've been open obviously since 2019. So coming up in like a week and a half is going to be my three-year anniversary. And um, a couple weeks back, I, let me look at my five-year plan when I made my first business plan. And I was just like, so I reached all the goals I wanted in a three-year span. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And now I'm like, all right, so if I did that, then like, what's next? Because one, I'm getting tired. Two, um, I'm starting to make a wait list. And I feel like once your wait list gets really big, it's kind of time to expand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So um, one thing I was thinking about was either keeping my current spot and like opening up another spot and then uh, having trainers kind of rent, rent out the space for like an hour or whatever they need for their clients and just pay me a fee. Cause I don't, I don't like the whole, you know, hire somebody under you and then you got to go out and get them clients. Like I don't like that whole piece, you know, cause I was screwed over in that when I was working at gyms and to be able to have them be like, all right, do you have a client? Yes. Then it's like, it's less leg work for me. You have your client. You just come and make life easy. But um, the main thing is like, I would love to have like a couple different spots where like, you know, they're within like a good radius of each other and people can train with like in this area, if they want to in that area or that area and just make it kind of like not just one big massive like gym. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause I don't like the whole, people coming in using machines and da, da, da. like I don't I don't like that part you know what I mean if it's not kind of like functional fitness and everything like that um you know I feel like people are kind of wasting time unless you're a bodybuilder or something of that nature right and mm-hmm. um you know I feel like everybody in a sense needs a trainer so if they come to this spot you have to have a trainer you can't you can't just come and work out on your own Right. Like have a trainer, know you're doing it right, get it done in an hour, and then go home. You can go on. Because people don't want, most people will plan out their own workouts. Me personally, I don't plan out my own workouts. Yeah. I look at other trainers and I either buy up their programs and use their stuff for like six months. Because, you know, one, it helps me out. It helps kind of, what's that called, like writer's block? Yes. You know I mean, sometimes I get hit with that writer's block. I'm like, man, yes. I can't program for nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, if I could do something of that nature where everybody, when you come in, you have a trainer, like just get the work done and go home and do what you got to do. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that would, that, that, that's the ultimate goal right there. Okay. And so does that come with a larger space? Would that be in the new space if you do expand or yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the, that's the detail that I'm, I'm trying to figure out because especially with COVID, the, my main, like, like my main fear when COVID hit was nobody's going to want to do personal training anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause you're so in close proximity 
but like I found so many people love it yeah you know what I mean like they love that like one-on-one attention there's not like nobody's in the room except you and that person and they're not being stared at all the time they don't have to have any worries about do they look stupid or something like that like it's just they get to focus right and it makes that that 45 minutes to an hour just pass by yeah so um you know that's that's something that I have to think about as well like do I want to keep it a little bit more like I don't want to like like intimate or do I want to like make it big yeah and I'm leaning towards the whole intimate part mm-hmm. okay so. yeah I mean personal training came back more so after COVID, you know, because a lot of places were doing larger groups and people weren't so comfortable in the larger groups and wanted more either semi-private or one-on-one sessions. So not necessarily a bad place to be in. Um, And so keeping it more intimate, I mean, you can you can still keep it on the more intimate side and personalized and still grow and expand yeah. and help more people, you know? Um, so definitely a way to kind of balance the two. Um, so what is holding you back at this point from getting to that next level? You know, whether that be opening a second kind of smaller location or opening one larger location or what's, what's kind of holding you back from making the next move or taking the next step? You know what it is? I think it's, I'm not going to lie to you. There's some, there's a fear factor to it. Yeah. There is a fear factor, but it's also just like going into I mean, you don't know what's going on with this economy right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, like I looked at, I looked at this one space um, probably about a week ago, not even. And I was like, man, this space would be really nice. And the space pre 2020 was like $600 a month. Right. But then now, like literally a couple of days ago, it's close to like $1,300 a month. And I'm just like, it looks no different than when the person had it before. It's just a different, like, um, color of paint. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I live in New York, so I don't, I don't know where most people live. But, like, New York is an expensive place to live. Mm-hmm. And especially when it becomes, when you become a small business, like, they kind of want you to be successful, but they always hold you back. And I'm sitting here, like, you know, from $600 to $1,300. And I still got to cover all the utilities. You know what I mean? So right. you don't know where it's going to be. Yeah. So, you know, that that also, so I guess the financials too will also be a factor too. Because like right now at my current space, and I don't care if people know, I only pay 600 bucks a month mm-hmm. for um, everything. I don't pay for anything. I don't do any utilities whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I have a fully functional bathroom. The electric is always there and I got air conditioning and heating year round wow you know what i mean like yeah. when i found this spot i found this spot like you know and this is the new spot this is not the old spot that was 400 dollars a month yeah so oh, that's wild you know what i'm saying yeah. so like now it's like i would i don't mind paying utilities but if i'm going into a new spot like if you're telling me to pay 1300 just for rent and like nothing is included and now the utilities i'm like dang like now i really gotta push it you know what i mean yeah uh, i mean 
that's an insane deal. I mean, my rent was $10,000 a month. So, so you, you either... probably had a big space. <laughs> no, I didn't. Really? It wasn't big at all. Yeah. Wow. And I'm surprised that you have that, that pricing. I mean, it was bigger than 400 square feet, but it wasn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. it wasn't big by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so I'm surprised in New York that you were able to find something like that. Well, um, so one of my best friends, cause like, I was getting out of my old lease. Like I was finishing up because it was, I think it was August, 2020. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, and that old place I had was just, it was hot in the summer. <laughs> it was cold in the winter. There was hardly any heat. And like, I was talking to one of my best friends and we were just chilling, having some brews. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, man, like I want to find a new spot. And he was like, I think I know this guy that owns like this karate gym. And he has like a couple of rooms that are open. So I went down and I checked it out. And I was like, all right, I mean, this room could, could work. He's got a bathroom, he's got everything. And um, the guy that I'm subleasing from, I was like, well, what are the utilities? Maybe we can split it and everything. He's like, I don't pay utilities either. So the landlord is just super nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, well, you know, how much do you think for this room? And he was like, I could be this. So we hashed it down to 600. And I was just like, once I moved in and I set everything up, I was like, I don't know how in the world I got here. Yeah. And then the price hasn't changed. And I've been there. I've been at this spot for two years and the price hasn't changed at all. And, you know, I'm able to have like half the room. And I just think of 400 square feet, like half the room is like two squat racks and like dumbbells and all that stuff. And the other half is like 30 feet of turf. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and for some reason, everybody loves it. So I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna keep it just like this. Four. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so now, I mean, with that being said, even staying in the small space and keeping it on the smaller side, so multiple ways to grow a business, right? We can get more clients. We can get our clients to pay more by providing them higher levels of service and mm. we can keep them longer, right? So two other ways besides just adding more people to the business. So right. with that being said, on the this is more so toward the kind of general population side of things but are you offering any nutrition or accountability or supplementation or anything like that that kind of provides a higher level of service but then also provides another stream of revenue for the business itself so um i realized that nutrition was not my forte Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you I, i can give you i can give you tips and tricks and all that stuff but when I realized the stress of making people meal plans and little things like that, I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. So what I did was I just, I just contracted all out or I just not contracted out, but refer out. And, mm-hmm. and like, I just know a couple of nutritionists that can help out. Um, supplementation. I tried it. I tried them all. I tried to sell it and I just couldn't sell it. You know what I mean? So what I found to make extra income was uh, letting my clients either bring somebody in with them for like a, like a smaller fee, mm-hmm. but then also the extra income I found was working for like school districts. You know what I mean? Because 
one, it helps with um, like the low times, but then um, what you would call it, you can kind of just coaching is so easy to me, like coaching a sport. So it's like hardly anything, you know what I mean? So, you know, it's like, that's how I get my extra income, but like doing all that other stuff, I just realized like it was just way too much stress for me, you know, sitting down, trying to figure out what's people's macros and all that stuff. I couldn't, I couldn't do it, you know, but I do, I do sell a lot of gear. Like that's what I found also makes some good money. Like people always want to rep my, which is good. They always want to rep my brand. So, you know, I hooked up with a couple of t-shirt people and that's how I can also make a little extra money. And I, I think I'm going to make it so that they can buy it off my website now instead of just coming to me and me having like t-shirts lying around collecting dust. So that might make it easier for people to buy too. Right. But. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. On the nutrition accountability side of things, there definitely has to be like systems in place to make it easier on you on the yeah. fulfillment side of things, because nobody wants to sit down at the end of the day and try to come up with a meal plan or macros for somebody, or especially when you're doing everything on your own, you know, it's a lot, that's a lot yeah. to focus on. And especially if it's not something that you necessarily enjoy doing, it's like, makes it even, even harder to get it done. So I definitely yeah. understand yeah. that aspect of things for sure. Um, all right. So now I always love to ask about one thing in the business that you're good at you see yourself being really good at and then one thing in the business that you see yourself either struggling with or could get better at or you know it's just not really your forte um so what is one thing you're good at and then one thing that you're not so great at within the business you know what but people have told me that i'm really good at showing up and i was just like what in the world does that mean and it's because i don't know if like other trainers like cancel a lot or whatever it is but they're just like you just show up and like we know that, like we can see that you are just really tired but somehow you can still make your tie itself give the best workout in the world and that's what everybody comments on like it's hardly even my workouts it's just like you showed up and you made me feel great and i think that's honestly one of the best things i'm good at you know what I mean? And also money management. I'm surprised that like I can stay with the budget, but like the whole showing up part, that's something that like I never expected, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And that's just yeah. something that's been ingrained in me from when I was a little kid. Like if my parents said I had to go to church, like I go to church, like whatever it is, I just show up and I'm trying to get there on time. You right. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's something that I think that like I'm really good at. So, but when it comes to like something that I'm like not good at, see, that's a tough one because I feel like I'm not good at a lot of things, but I think that's just like my own confidence. Yeah. You know, but um, I, I'd probably say understanding the business aspects, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, you know, for living in New York, like, during tax season, I got a letter because I have like my own LLC and I got a letter from the state to pay $50 just to say that I was a business. Mm -hmm. I got to pay it every year. And I'm just like, wait, what? This doesn't make any sense. Like, like I filed all the paperwork to be an LLC a year ago. Da, da, da. And so I called my accountant and I was like, is this normal? 
And she was like, yeah, some states make you pay a fee like that. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this is like the overdraft fee that you get from the bank. <laughs> like, like, it doesn't help me in any type of way. No. So, you know, it, it's, it's always like the, you get little letters from like the IRS, from the federal people, from the state people. And I'm just like, I can't understand a single lick about this stuff. And I always feel like that's going to be the death of me, you know, trying to keep up with all these changing laws and, mm-hmm. you know, do I do quarterly taxes or do I just wait right. for my yearly taxes or like, you know, oh, which receipt is for business and which receipt is for personal. And I'm just, I'm really bad at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. And most gym owners are, you know, if we're being honest, because you don't open a gym because you love business typically, right? Maybe, maybe somebody has before, but typically it's because you love fitness, you know? Yeah. And all of those things tend to come up along the way that you just don't realize, you know, you don't really realize they're a thing like that fee that you have to pay every year just because you're a business. Like you didn't know that that was going to be there. Right. And then there's like random things like listening licenses, like in order to play music, you have to have a listening license. And like, it's insane, you know, like it's crazy. So the things that come up and you're like, what is this? It's just like an excuse to charge you money, you know? Um, But yeah, I mean, you're definitely not alone there. And it's like a constant learning curve, you know, every, every year, it's just a constant learning curve. So, but like, so I went, I got my associates in exercise science, and then I went to go get my bachelor's. When I got my associates, it was the best part because he was teaching you like all the technical stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And then after I got my associates, I went to a different college to get my bachelor's and they were teaching like the business of personal training and I kid you not like it was like this thin little book for the whole semester and I was like I learned absolutely nothing yeah from this one semester of the business of personal training and like I don't know if it was like because you know it's just supposed to be very general but it's like you know when you're starting your LLC there was like all these little fees. And then um, after you get your LLC, they're like, all right, you got to start a bank account and then you got to do this. And it was just like, you, I guess this is what it is being an entrepreneur. Like you just, you just learn all this stuff on the fly as it comes to you. Mm-hmm. And that's like the worst part because like one day you're just like, you're just like, all right, cool. I'm training all my people, training all my people. Then boom, someone just comes out and slaps you in the face. And um, you know, and, I guess that's something that like I've always wanted to prepare other trainers for because mm-hmm. like I have, I have my athletes at the districts that are like, Hey, I want to be a personal trainer. And like, I'm like, it's not as good as you think it is. And it's like, well, what do you mean? You get to work out all the time. And I was like, I work out four times a week. Maybe I'll get an hour in. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know when mean? I was in the gym training, my clients, I never got to work out. It was like my workouts took a hit, you know, because it was like, I was constantly training other people and accommodating other people in their schedules. And then it was like, by the time it got to the time where I could work out, the last thing I wanted to do was work out. Work out. Mm-hmm. Say it, say it loud for the people in the back. Exactly. And it's like, that's something that people don't realize, you know, it's like, oh, you get to go to work every day in your gym clothes and just hang out and have fun and train. And like, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, that's part of it sometimes, you know, but the end of the day, it's still business. 
Right. You know, it's still a job and there are things that you have to do. It's not mm-hmm. all fun and games, you know? And, and like I said, a lot of times your personal health, your workouts, your routine is gone a lot of yeah. the time because you're taking care of everybody else all the time. And that was a big thing that happened for me, you know, and it sounds like you're working long hours and I was working 90, hundred hours a week, you know, yeah. I didn't have any time for anything. I was home for six hours between Monday and Thursday every week, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, I had zero time at home at all. Um, so it's very easy to get caught up in that and kind of lose yourself and in the process. Yeah. You know, and that's something that definitely gets overlooked, but that comes with work ethic too. You know, if, if you're willing to put in that work, then yeah, it, it definitely can um, take over your life. So yeah. I, I remember like I would have my shop, but I would still have like a gym membership. Yeah. You know what I mean? For a little while. Cause I didn't know like, if the shop was going to last for a long time. So I would go to the gym and I would like see the trainers on the floor and I don't know, I'd be like, what do my wife call it? People watching. Yeah. Right. So I'm watching like the other trainers working with your clients and you can just look at the trainer and just know like, man, you're putting on a show right now. Mm-hmm. Cause I can tell that your feet hurt, your back hurts <laughs> and you're just trying to put out everything you can right now. And you know, it was cool getting that freedom a little bit, knowing that like, all right, I can at least set my own hours and nobody's telling me what to do, when to do it. Mm-hmm. Like I literally worked at a gym and they were like, I love Olympic weightlifting, right? I love doing it myself. I love coaching it to my, to my clients. And I had a gym was just like, you can't do that here. And I was just like, well, why not? And he was just like, because it makes too much noise. And this wasn't a planet fitness, right. obviously. Right. And it was like, it, it makes too much noise. You need too much space. And I'm just like, no. yeah and i was just like but like you know this is this is how i do this is my programming this is how i do my stuff it's like you can't do it here maybe you could do with a dumbbell and i was like yeah but a dumbbell only works so long right why not a barbell you know what i mean it's like oh too much noise i'm just like all right cool yeah (laughs) all right i'm gonna go up in my own place now (laughs) yeah 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 so but, you know, yeah. and that's why I feel bad for trainers now because it's like they went through they went through COVID, and you know I don't know what gyms were doing for their trainers, you know um, whether they were letting them train virtually or whatever, but you know now it's so much pressure to get back to where they were pre-COVID, like for the gyms to get back to where they were pre-COVID, and it's just like a every gym wants to be that, that, that gym. It's like, I'm not in competition to be that gym. Like, I just want to get my people and train them. Like, I don't want to have to have the stress you were talking about. I don't want to have to have the burnout mm-hmm. or anything like that. Like I want to take my vacations and it's PTO, prepare the people, you know what yes. I mean? Or prepare the others. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm going off to my vacation for a week. You guys will survive. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, and- Absolutely. So like trainers that work on their own, I love it. Trainers that are in the gym, hey, if you guys love it, cool. But there is a bigger world out there for you to kind of work for yourself and be for yourself and just actually enjoy your job, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. 
All right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Oh, man. So you guys can find me in a lot of places. Um, so obviously, if you go on Facebook, you can just type in Valley Sports and Performance. That's with a V. Some people put a B for some reason for Valley. Um, you can look at Valley Sports Performance LLC at Valley Sports Performance LLC on uh, Instagram. And then uh, Valley S underscore P on TikTok. That's where you see me. All so. right. Perfect. Sounds good. So Isaiah from Valley Sports and Performance in Walden, New York. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. And to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Cody from Row House in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me today. Super excited to have you here to learn more about your businesses and what you do and how you do it and all that good stuff. But before we really dive in, you know, head first, tell us a little bit about what it was that led to you becoming a gym owner, Cody. Sure. Well, health and fitness has always been a passion of mine, you know, personally and with my family, involved in a lot of sports, um, certainly working out, uh, a lot of cardio. Um, I started out in corporate America on the franchisor side, being a guy by trade. Um, and as part of that stint for the last 20 years, I worked at Gold's Gym International for about six years. And working with those gym owners was, was really, really, you know, fulfilling and rewarding. Uh, and understanding the membership model and, and how you drive people into do something that they inherently do not want to do, work out, get in shape feel better? And, and what are the consumer behaviors and, and uh, motivations that make that happen? You know, so then, you know, going through COVID, there was a, a really good opportunity. Um, as you know, the, the fitness industry struggled mightily through COVID and there was a lot of opportunities. And I found four studio fitness facilities that uh, really needed a little bit of love and rehab and, and a business mind put to them as well as a marketing mind put to them. So it was a great opportunity for me to jump in on the franchisee side, you know, something that I've never done, but had always worked with franchisees and kind of fulfill that, that uh, side of the business. It's always been a long-standing dream for me to have multiple uh, units of something in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex that I can drive around and check on and develop people and, and be involved with. And this was a great kind of instant opportunity for me. And, and so much so that, you know, it, it was even better than the fact that these were open and operating studios, you know, not doing very well because of COVID, but I didn't have to build them from ground up, which, which saved me a lot of time, capital resource, and a, a headache. Awesome. So, mm -hmm. 
So Cody, when, like, when exactly did you take, take over these franchises? Like you said it was after COVID, right? So when, when did it actually happen? Yeah, I, I took ownership in October of 2021, um, which is not a great time to take ownership in a gym because that's when the membership base starts to trail down in the holidays uh, before you get into January. But it gave me enough time to really kind of get my hands in the business and, and learn about it in an intimate detail, those specific brands that I you know had purchased and was working with. Yeah, for sure. So seven months, you've been a business owner over here. Um, and so talk to us a little bit about your facilities, kind of give us the elevator pitch, paint a picture of who you are, what kind of services that you provide. That way our listeners kind of have a better idea moving forward in this conversation. Sure. So um, I have three row house concepts in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, and they are studio fitness centers. So for those that have been involved in the gym industry for a long time, they know, you know, way back in the day, it was all about big box and a lot of equipment that really no one could compete on. But you had a lot of great services and classes, group classes and such, and that's really what you would compete on. Then you saw the uh, birth of the low cost model that came in and and gutted the big box industry to some degree, your, your big planet fitnesses and, and so on. And then what happened after that was really kind of the evolution of kind of the group classes in that community aspect being pulled out into studio fitness facilities. So that's what these are. They're 2,400, uh, 2,000 to 2,400 square feet uh, studio fitness facilities. We run coach-led about five to six classes a day. They are uh, interval training from a, from a rowing standpoint, meaning you, you do a certain amount of rowing, the erg, and you're doing some floor work, some, some strength work, um, all in kind of a community atmosphere with great music and great lighting and a lot of fun and excitement through that. The cycle bar is very similar, obviously. It's just cycling as a modality, and that's down in Waco, Texas, um, where we have kind of a studio of 56 bikes that, that uh, you know, you, you get on and, and it's led by the coach. Still high energy, a lot of music, a lot of lights, uh, and a great workout down there as well, too. Got it. So small studio fitness, um, obviously you have a little bit of a niche being cycling and rowing, but what does that typical client look like that comes into your facility? Is there a specific avatar that you commonly see? Yeah, for rowing, it, you know, it might surprise you. We actually get a lot of people that um, have been injured through CrossFit or go to Orange Theory and, and love the rowing portion of it, but don't so much want to do burpees. So if you can imagine that kind of person, they are a little bit older, you know, in the 35 to 55 kind of range, you know, where your kids are a little bit older, so you can get away to group classes and such. Um, but really, it's people that are seeking kind of a community-based um, workout. Um, they come in for obviously results. They come in to track their meters and, and to achieve personal milestones, but really having friends there and understanding the coach and, and relying on that coach to kind of lead you through that workout and make you a better, better person, better rower is really what, you know, we're attracting and, and what enjoys our facilities the most. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a large population of people out there that this kind of fitness, um, you know, small group fitness, large group fitness, 
um, anything where they have a coach or instructor like telling them what to do, there is a population of people that need that because there's a lot of us that can't excel in a normal gym just because we don't have that motivation. So you have that advantage where you have coaches, all of your, like all of the fitness is in a class. Um, and so people who need that, they can come to a facility like the row house or the cycle bar. Um, so with that being said, kind of paint the picture for us, like how many members you currently have within your facilities, um, and kind of, you know, is that an area where you feel comfortable? Are you guys looking to hit the gas and see more members? What does that look like for you right now? Yeah. Well, you know, when I first started there, there was definitely a low membership base. We were in the low, um, sub hundreds and then low hundreds. We've gotten them up to uh, roughly about 200 in every facility, and, and that's a that's a good spot to be in from a break-even standpoint, but to really see some profit, uh, you know, we need to be at the 300 mark. So as part of my onboarding, I uh, went out and found really great managers that actually had come from big box gyms and, and certainly knew how to sell memberships. Uh, and that's made all the difference in the world. Uh, if that's, you know, for your listeners, the piece of advice that I could tell them is get the right manager in as fast as possible. And what you will find is when you have the right talent, it attracts the right talent from a front desk standpoint, from a coach standpoint, et cetera, et cetera. Then you layer in some goals and uh, some milestones for them to achieve. And you would be amazed at how, um, how quick people rise to the occasion and, and want to perform in that way. So certainly the general manager was a, a key step for me back in January to, to start to grow the membership base. For sure. I love the idea that you said, you know, if you have the right people there in leadership, it's going to attract the right coaches, the right front desk staff. And um, that's kind of a perspective that I personally have never really thought of. But, you know, now thinking of it, that's totally true. Um, some of the best gyms that I've been to, they have awesome management. And then the front desk staff is great and the coaches are great. Um, so that's a wonderful kind of, you know, piece of knowledge and advice there. Um, next question I have for you is, you know, since your goal is 300 members or so in each facility, what are you guys actively doing to aid that growth process? Yeah, well, I'm a marketing guy, like I said, so I invest heavily in marketing. Um, you know, we do a lot of digital marketing, um, doing some direct mail and shared mail type products, uh, as well as radio advertising. Some of those are not as easy to track. So you kind of look at the total leads coming in and then, you know, total memberships that you're able to sell. But like I said, this is a, you know, this is a heavy marketing play. So every day there is thoughts around what is the key deal? What is the, you know, what is the messaging or the, the um, holiday that we're going to kind of latch on to that we're going to text prospects or we're going to email prospects. And you have to be continually creative about that because fitness is a very emotional purchase. And, you know, just because you're not ready to purchase this month does not mean that you're not going to purchase next month or the following month. One of our best selling membership specials was Texas Independence Day in March, on March 6th, I believe. We did a uh, join for 1836 in celebration of Texas Independence, and it just went over crazy. Everyone loved that. We sold uh, about 40 memberships on that day because of that. And we continually look for those things that come up that we can latch on to and, and kind of make a marketing event around. Because again, it's a very emotional purchase, um, and you have to hit them when, when they're ready. 
Yeah, for sure. I love a good deal. And it's cool that you were able to kind of theme it to match, you know, the area that you're that you're in. Um, so I kind of want to touch on the digital advertising piece, just because I think that that's a large, that's a place where a lot of gym owners are really scared to tap into. Um, and so for you guys, is that something that you see a good high ROI on? Um, or is it something that's kind of hit or miss with you? Talk to us about your experience in the digital advertising side of things. Yeah, yeah. I will say you can't just do Facebook advertising and expect it to work. Well, there's so many different levers that all kind of have to be pulling at the same time, both from a paid standpoint and an organic standpoint. So from a paid standpoint, what I, you know, what I certainly recommend is, yes, you are buying targeted Facebook uh, advertising and your and Instagram PPC, if that makes sense, um, from a Google search standpoint in your facility, but you have to have robust effort or meaning uh, you have your pages from, from a Facebook and Instagram, and you are constantly posting, you're constantly highlighting your members and, and being part of that community. Also reviews, Google reviews is another really important piece of that, um, you know, driving reviews, positive reviews and ongoing reviews that helps Google see um, the credibility of your business and it works with your paid media so that all, all boats kind of rise at the same time. So don't think that you can just go buy Facebook advertising and, and solve all your problems. You really do have to take a holistic approach around digital, both from a paid and an organic kind of standpoint. But yes, um, we do have a very good ROI on those, those programs. Um, throughout the time that we've been doing. And then when you layer on more traditional mediums like uh, direct mail or, or radio, like I said, we're doing right now, it, it, it helps everything. It's an integrated marketing approach um, around what you're doing in the studio. Yeah, definitely. So um, I think what you said, you have to take a holistic approach. You have to be consistent you know, in your organic in order to see an ROI in your paid advertising. If your Facebook page is naked, but you're running ads, you know, people aren't going to see that as a legitimate product or service that they're going to want to take advantage of. Um, so that's a really great point. And some a place where a lot of people are kind of lacking. Um, you know, social media is something that a lot of people are still figuring out. Um, so uh, biggest word of advice there is just to stay consistent all around. Um, next question I have for you, Cody, would be, you know, looking at your businesses, since you have a couple here, what would you say is the biggest bottleneck or challenge that you guys are facing within the business right now? And what are you kind of doing to overcome that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I've been incredibly blessed to be able to have the right people, to attract the right people and, and hire the right people. Um, but with that said, the, the coach position is definitely the most challenging position to hire um, because that is a, you know, that's a highly skilled um, uh, position. And, and frankly, they're working out sometimes twice a day um, on the ergs or, or the bikes. So it takes the right kind of person to, to want to do that uh, and to be passionate about it and be able to, to get in day in and day out and, and be exciting and, and lead. So, you know, that is certainly a, a little bit of a bottleneck. 
coaches, you can't have enough classes. If you don't have enough classes, your members, you know, will, will move away. Um, so that's an, that's an important and, and, and key piece of, of building this business is having the right coaches and, and keeping them happy and keeping them, you know, educated and continually improving on well too. The second is certainly member attrition, um, you know, and, and attrition is a, a huge issue in the fitness industry. Um, I call it the leaky bucket syndrome. You're, you're always leaking out the bottom of the bucket while you're, you're trying to, to uh, make sure that you're putting more members in and then you are losing out. Um, you know, we had high attrition, you know, when I first came, because we didn't have the right management staff, there was a lot of change and inconsistency in the, in the studios, but we have seen improvements in and, uh, you know, based on our efforts of having the right people and, uh, you know, improving the, the quality of the instruction and the people that are working in the facilities as well. Yeah, attrition, retention, that is a big challenge. And let me tell you, Cody, you are not alone industry-wide. This is a huge struggle for everybody right now. Um, so, you know, when you take a look at, you know, retention, attrition, what kinds of things have you tried to do to improve this within your facilities? Yeah, we do member appreciation events um, monthly, and those consist of, you know, all kinds of themed rides, wind down Wednesday, brunch Sundays, um, to get the members kind of uh, to stick around a little bit longer in the studio and, and talk to other members and, and make them a little bit more sticky. We do free weekends once a month as well, too, for the whole community to come in um, so our members can bring their friends. They really do enjoy that. We also do a lot of uh, kind of uh, contests, meter milestone contests, uh, you know, uh, you know, items where they have to take every class over the course of the week, every class type over the course of the week, just fun ways to engage them at a deeper level. And, and that is an ongoing effort as well, too. That's something that we always have to program. And then we also have private Facebook groups for our members. And that's really where we do highlight their successes time they hit a meter milestone or, you know, have a great success, it's, it's getting posted on the Facebook page for all the members to kind of see through that community. So those are all kind of efforts around member stickiness and, and keeping them engaged in the studio. If there's someone that you lost sheep that hasn't been in for a while, we are reaching out to them, um, you know, to get them back in, to, to ask them to bring a friend, because it's always better to work out with a friend, uh, less intimidating, um, to, to have them come in as part of that too. So a lot of efforts around member retention in those areas. It's good to spend time, you know, thinking about ways to improve retention. And it sounds like you've done a variety of things to get your members engaged, keep them engaged. Um, but I'd like to think of retention as something that like, what more can we do to provide value to our members so that they feel like they don't have an option to quit? Because like, ultimately, the more value we can provide to them, um, you know, in their that will help them see success, that's going to want, they're going to want to stick around longer. So, you know, things that help them be successful are things like nutrition and, you know, different things that are part of the, the fitness umbrella. Have you guys ever dabbled in, you know, doing a nutrition talk or, you know, recipe help or things like that to be of service to your members in that way? 
Yeah, we have had some kind of speaker sessions uh, around one nutrition, two chiropractic, and these are just local business partnerships that we've stood up as part of that relationship where we'll do stuff with them and they'll do stuff with us, but they're kind of uh, additional added value for our members. You know, you come in and you take a class for 45 minutes and stick around for 20 minutes afterwards to a topic on, uh, you know, diet and exercise or healthy stretching, you know, that's a, a good one that we've tried. Um, so yes, those are, those are very beneficial as well too. And again, they're, they're local business partnerships. So you're helping them out and they're helping you out kind of thing. Kind of full circle there because you'll kind of get referrals for your business by partnering with other businesses. Um, yeah. And that's great because that's free for you. <laughs> the, other, you another know, business. The, the other thing, you know, which is kind of funny, um, we, we have small retail shops in our facilities, um, high-end boutique retail, um, you know, based on what our customers, you know, like, and we know that they like, but some of our name drop apparel, you know, where you've got Row House Keller or Row House Southlake, those are some of our best selling items. And, you know, when someone's vested enough to, to pay for a t-shirt or a hoodie or leggings and such that is branded in that, you know, that means that they are a sticky, stickier customer, uh, stickier member and, and do want to stick around because they, they really are bought into the community uh, aspect of that. For sure. I think, you know, the best thing that we can do for our business sometimes is just have t-shirts with our names on it available for our members to purchase. Because again, that is marketing that we don't necessarily really have to pay for kind of falls under that word of mouth category, which is our favorite because it's pretty much free. So, um, you know, the next question I have for you here, Cody is, you know, end goal for you with these businesses. If I could hand you a magic wand right now and all of them were in the ideal spot, everything that you ever wanted came true. What would that look like for you? <laughs> well, I would certainly have 300 members that are coming uh, very regularly uh, at all different day parts, because um, that's another thing, you know, a lot of people like to take the early morning classes, but the noon classes are not always full. Um, and, and those members bringing uh, referrals and bringing their friends with them as well, too. Um, word of mouth is huge, of course, in the fitness industry. Um, that, that would be, you know, what I see as, as really top-notch success. And the, the employees and my associates to, to really kind of enjoy the involvement that they have with the members and, and continually coming up with creative ideas around engagement, uh, themed rides, uh, different parties and such that we would have at our, our facility. It's gotten a lot since I took over the facility and, and I know that it will continue to get even more um, you know, beneficial to our members as we, as we continue to make improvements and such, but that, that would definitely be, you know, the, the prize. Yeah. So I think, you know, you have your goal there for the business, but it's also important to see, you know, the role that you're going to play in this business in the future. Now, does this look like you, you know, these facilities running on their own one day, or does this look like you, you know, kind of keeping up with the continual checking in at each location? Um, you know, what does the future look like for you, Cody? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I would say that I never want to step away from the business or, or the facilities because, again, I, I, I love fitness and I love people. Uh, building teams and motivating teams is definitely one of my 
uh, passions. So I always want to be involved um, as part of that. Um, I don't want to have to deal with all the that come up, but uh, you know that's just part of the part of the gig. Um, but ultimately, long term, you know, once I have these studios to uh, good profitability, I would love to open studios, maybe other modalities, um, you know, within the within the group. But all probably in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. So again, I can drive around and check on them and 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 uh, you know be part of each of those kind of communities because they are all very different, even though they're not that far apart, really. So that's really what I see for me long term is is always being involved in the business. But but yes, growing the business both within each studio, but also uh, additional studios as well. How rewarding is it to kind of take a look at these locations and just realize like you did that, you know, um, you're, you're running, you know, four successful studios um, and, you know, down the road as you continue to grow these and get them to the 300 plus member spot, you know, maybe open up more, you know, that must be such a rewarding feeling to look at that and just see that you played a big role in that um you know you seem like a guy who is pretty passionate about you know leadership and building things <laughs> um so good for you I'm, I'm happy that we got to have this conversation today yeah you know i probably do not take enough time to kind of step back and and what i have and and you know where it's going um that's certainly something that i should probably do more of but it, it is crazy you know you never think that you're going to be a business owner and then when you do it doesn't look anything like what you thought it was going to look like um you know when you're there but at the end of the day it it, it is it is a cool feeling to be able to say i i own three row houses or i own a cycle bar um certainly my kids when they're talking to their friends as well too and and they love to have their friends over to see the uh the erg in our house or the the spin bar um but it, it it is really rewarding um probably more so on this level which is to know that you are impacting lives out there you know you are making people healthier you are making people stronger you're rehabbing them to some degree um you're giving them another option if they've come from another facility or another gym that, that did not work out for them you're giving them another option that uh, is is you know helping them and helping their lives and and that's a big piece of it is is helping people's lives and and showing them how they can be strong the other side of it too is is certainly your staff and if you do this right you know your staff becomes family almost um, where you know just as much about them as you you, you do your spouse and and other family members so that is a big piece of it as well, too, is, is, you know, helping people out because at the end of the day, you're the one that writes their paycheck. Um, you know, you are their livelihood and, and you have to take that responsibility very, very seriously. Yeah, for sure. So I think that, um, you know, you brought up an, an important kind of topic here, and that is the idea that, you know, no, no matter what role we play in this business, ultimately, we're helping change people's lives. We're helping people find health and fitness, um, a sustainable style of health and fitness. They're going to come in your group classes and find a form of health and fitness that's fun, that they can apply to their everyday life. And we're changing their lives. Who knows, you know, that person might have been battling something mentally. Maybe they needed to see some physical changes in their health. And we're able to help do that. And that's so rewarding. Um, that's my favorite thing about being in this industry. 
Last question I have for you, Cody, is where can we find you online so our listeners can check out your social media and all of that good stuff? Sure. Well, our website is is pretty easy. It's it's therowhouse.com. And you know, when you drill down, you can get to Keller, South Lake, Las Colinas or cyclebar.com um, for the cycle bar facility. And then on Facebook, it's simply Rowhouse Keller, Rowhouse uh, Las Colinas, Rowhouse South Lake, Cycle Bar Waco. That's where you will find us. Facebook and Instagram as well, too. And if you're in the area, we'd love to let you come in and take a couple of classes to see how you like it and see how we like you, too, um, to add you to our community. That would be a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. And thank you for being here for our listeners. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode at the Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description and we will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Jeff Lauer of Anytime Fitness, coming to you from Auburn, Indiana. Jeff, what's going on, man? How are you today? Hey, good. Yourself? Thanks for having me on. It's, uh, I am. I'm doing incredibly well. It's, uh, it's a good morning to talk business. It's a good day to explore the fitness industry and all that that means for us. Jeff, obviously, we're here to talk anytime and what that means in terms of how you run your club. But before we talk the strategy and the tactics and all that you do day to day, it helps to have a little bit of context for the people listening. And so I don't think we need to do too much work explaining what Anytime Fitness is. I think it's a pretty national or international brand at this point. But for you, I want to hear a little bit about the how, the when, and the why you guys opened up this specific club in the first place. Well, I got involved with a business partner a long, long time ago when we first opened. He kind of brought, he brought the Anytime concept to us. Um, he wanted to go elsewhere, so I wish him the best. He's doing awesome out in Arizona, so we took over. But um, he's how I got a hold of Anytime Fitness, and the concept was great. Um, you know, they were the first really 24-hour club at the time that didn't need any staff. So, I mean, why would you not jump on board with that concept? It's, it's a great one. So that's how Anytime came to me. Yeah. And so 
this whole thing gets started. You guys have exposure to any time and, and you decided to open up your club, but anytime is unique in that there's a lot of control. There's a lot of artistic license that other franchises don't grant at the individual club level. And so for you, when you describe your club and, and what's available to people, what do you tell them? Well, we got the 24 community hour access um, equipment. Not we, we have the equipment that not every big gym has, but we got the equipment where you can get in a good workout in. Uh, we also do provide tanning as well, too. Um, security, safety, convenience, everything. And we're also nationwide, so you can go wherever you want to go. So that's a big part of the membership as well, too. Um, but we got everything that a big gym has that a small gym needs. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's it's not anytime has slotted itself in not quite head to head competition with the big box 24 hour fitness gold's gym planet fitness it's not quite in that category but it's not quite the micro gym category either it's this nice little middle ground where people can get an affordable price but still get sort of the quote-unquote hometown feel, quote-unquote individual attention, everybody knows your name, cheers-esque sort of treatment. The meat and potatoes of this is still the open gym membership. People paying, coming to use the facility, doing their own thing. Talk to us a little bit about the pricing that goes into that because pricing in the fitness industry is so interesting, whereas we know the $10 options and what comes with that, there's the other end of the spectrum where people are paying thousands of dollars a month. Where do you guys fit in that? Well, the way anytime does it is they want us to kind of go off what we can, what we have to charge to pretty much keep our doors open. So they go off of, you know, your rent, their fees, um, just stuff like that. So that's how we come up with our price. And it's a reasonable price. And you also got to come up with, um, your, your local area and how, you know, where the, where the money is and who has it, who doesn't. So just all those factors play into how you would charge your membership. And um, you don't want to belittle yourself like the, like plan, like I don't know how they do the $10 memberships, but you don't want to too low your, um, your business, but yet you don't want to too high your business. So you just want to have the good number that's right there to where it's affordable, reasonable, and everybody's happy about it. Yeah. And, and so, like we said, there's this sort of middle ground that anytime finds itself in. It's not the cheapest option. It's not the most expensive option somewhere in the middle. Correct. I want to, I want to pick your brain a little bit about that, that membership, but more so from the people that we serve perspective. Obviously we just came out of 24 months and somewhat still in it, but 24 months of absolute craziness in our industry, sort of unprecedented to, what we've experienced in the past. How does your membership now compare to where it was 2019 and, and early 2020? Our membership after the pandemic um, started off a little bit slow. Our older cloud crowd um, really didn't come back, which is totally understandable. You know, I get it with that. But um, with our town, our, we got some diehard um, active people. So, um, you know, that really didn't bother them. Membership really didn't low go low after the pandemic we did um i think they respect us because during the pandemic we uh, didn't charge anybody their membership 
Um, so I think that kind of helped us out as well too, but the membership's really starting to grow again right now. Um, I mean, people want to get fit. They want to get fit. Nothing's going to stop them. I mean, there were some CrossFit gyms that required people wear masks and they still went. Um, ever tried doing a CrossFit workout with a mask on? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I mean, not people are, yeah, so people are dedicated. They're going to do what they want to do. And that's the kind of town that we live in with a dedicated crowd that wants to work out and stay healthy. Yeah. And so still bouncing back and, and, able to grow a little bit different of a demographic right whereas before we had an older clientele they left for for health purposes and understandably but now signing up new people and so how have we been able to do that what's the what's the marketing that goes into getting those new people in the doors i think maybe going back to the pandemic i think after doing the research um, most of the people that passed away from it were due to uh, pre-existing exist or pre-existing conditions and also um, obesity. So I think people, by seeing that, think, okay, you know, this is going to help me and benefit me health-wise in the long run and through this pandemic as well. I mean, I'm I'm healthy, and it really put an effect on me when I got it. But um, right now, I'm just kind of getting back into swing of things. But um, anyways off subject but I think that's what's really helping a lot as well too is just people realizing what the pandemic caused and they want to not have the effect that it had on other people right and so for you guys what is that what is that taking hold of how what's the what's the strategy what's the the tactic to get new people in the door actually let me ask you this question yeah how big can we grow this membership? Can we grow beyond where we are now? Yeah, yeah. Well, before we added on five years ago, um, and before that add-on, we actually were at almost a thousand members. I see. So, okay. with, yeah. So with this add-on, we know that we can even grow more than what we are at now. Um, the only thing I think that's hurting us and stopping us is everybody's going virtual, which I get that. Mm-hmm it's a lot easier. And I think anytime's even adapting that concept to where you can do virtual memberships through anytime fitness now. Um, So I think people are still going to want to come physically on site. Um, Oh yeah. 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 Um, I mean, there are a million and one virtual options that people can get for, for low or no cost. You can go on YouTube and watch 10,000 workout videos today Right. There's still value in going to a facility. Some people need that separate location. Some people need the equipment. Some people need the social aspect, the camaraderie, whatever reasoning it is. In-person fitness is still here and still to stay for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, Because, yeah, I've made the comment to where everything's going to go virtual, but nine out of 10 people I think you ask won't stay. They want to come to the gym they like being around people yeah, other people yeah. motivate them um it's kind of like a coffee shop but fitness <laughs> well look at what happened with peloton right yeah peloton sold like crazy now peloton stocks dropping they're firing employees at record paces people just mm-hmm. it was a, it was a temporary band-aid at best people yeah. want to be in a facility and so how can we take advantage of that what's your plan to generate leads and, and get people in the doors here moving forward. Cause it sounds like you guys have a ton of opportunity to grow. We do. Um, the best way of marketing is at least with this uh, 
area is definitely word of mouth. So we're just trying to be the better club in the area. Um, and I think that helps with word of mouth. And um, I know the family members are still going to go to the Y. It's more reasonable than we do. And even if a family comes in, I kind of put them to the Y because of the pricing. I don't want to, you know, I just like good karma. So I think that kind of helps us out too. But um, just to go out there and say, hey, we're still around. We want to help everybody in the community be fit, be healthy. So they have to deal with the illnesses that are happening. So that's just kind of what we've been doing. Yeah. Have you guys ever in the past or do you plan on in the future putting some money into advertising to get more leads coming in through the doors? Yeah. Yeah. We, um, my mom is big on these postcards. We haven't done them yet, but she still has, um, she still thinks that it's the old fashioned way to do it. And so maybe we'll make her happy and do some postcard mailings and see yeah. what happens there. Yeah. Um, we, the best advertising we did was our local radio, but they went out of business like five, six years ago. So it's kind of hard for us to do advertising around town. Um, and with our any times, we really can't um, call one another and say, hey, let's do this type of advertising together because we're so spread out. That's only going to benefit one or the other club compared to, you know, like us or yeah. some club up north. So just stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so definitely guerrilla advertising, I guess, is big with any time, just kind of cheap advertising that catches people's eyes. So I think that's what we're going to plan on doing in the future. Absolutely. And, and that's, I mean, for at, at the heart of it, this is a small business, right? The name of the yep. game is ROI. We want to make sure any money that we're putting out, we can bring back in plus some in revenue. Right. A lot of facilities that I speak to find ways to do that a little bit more modern ways like digital, whether it's Google, social media, whatever that is. Is that something that you guys have looked at? Yeah, I, that's where I lack. I'm big. I'm, <laughs> I'm not big on social media. I'm not big on stuff like that. That's like I said, something where I lack. So that's, that's on my list of things to do is try to get out there social media wise to kind of revamp things up. Um, but we do live in a, in a community that just isn't big on social media for the older crowd as well too. But yeah. um, that's, I mean, I that's something we have to keep in mind, right? Is yeah. If, if we put all of our eggs in one basket, we're probably missing a pretty good segment of the market, right? There are, yeah, we are. still older people that aren't on Facebook, that aren't on Instagram or TikTok, that read newspapers and listen to radio and things like that. So marketing finds right. itself as, as more of a toolkit as opposed to a singular tool. Jeff, talk us through the, the sales process. Once we get people in, we get them through the doors. Tell me everything that happens between that lead being interested and that lead signing up for a membership. What's that process like? Well, the cool thing with us lately is um, when people walk in, we say, hey, we introduce ourselves. Uh, welcome to Anytime Fitness. Uh, let's give you a tour of the gym to show you how it works. But a lot of people are lately saying, no, I want to get signed up. I see what I see. So they're kind of doing our job for us, which is great. Um, but normally what we do is we greet, greet ourselves, um, show them around the facility, show them everything we got, ask them their goals, um, answer any questions that they got during the tour. And we also tell them that if you have any questions after we sign up, because you know how the brain thinks it doesn't think right away sometimes. So afterwards, you know, a question mm -hmm. might pop up. So we help out with that. Um, 
but that's what we do. We show them the gym. We show them the cardio section, our restrooms that we have, locker rooms, whatever you want to call them, um, our free weight section, machine weights, and then also our um, added area that I said we added is kind of a CrossFit setup, but we call it a functional training room. And we do have a little studio that we do have some classes that this girl teach, this lady teaches. And um, yeah, she's very energetic. I wish I had her energy. Yep. <laughs> and then we'll sit down with them and go over pricing and our um, packages that we have and also share what everything includes. And sometimes if they kind of nod about the price, we kind of laid us saying, hey, it's a little over a dollar a day. If you think about it, you get the nationwide, you get free this, a free coaching um, experience. And then they kind of um, change their mind a little bit and get signed up. Yep. So a process in place, when we talk about sort of the, the analogy of marketing and sales as a funnel, right? Leads are generated at the top, sales process and how many we convert in the middle and then retention down at the bottom and how many we keep. Where do you think that you have the biggest opportunity moving forward? Is it generating more leads? Is it converting better in that sales process? Is it keeping more people on the back end? What do you think could move the needle here? I think everything is, every, everyone you just said is obviously beneficial and you need everyone. Um, obviously, I think we would need more leads. Um, our retention is actually, that's one of the good things we actually have is retention. We have people that stick around. Um, we also have people that just do, do dual memberships as well too. Um, you know, they'll go to the Y, they'll stick with any time. Um, but our retention is pretty good. But I think the leads is where we would need to be, have the more, um, what's what I'm looking for? More focus on that. Yeah, I hear you. Um, and obviously, I mean, Jeff, this whole conversation has been focused on, on growing the business, right? Whether it's more people, more services, more money, whatever that looks like for you, moving forward what's the the big picture here where do you want to see this business moving forwards um i like to keep obviously i don't want to shut down ever i want it to grow i want to stay here um we do have a good story our landlord loves us to death because he thought it was hilarious that we were going to open up this type of gym back in 0809 when we were in the recession um he tells us he's one of our success stories that we tell all this. He tells all of his tenants because here we are still 13 years um, and we're still going strong. Um, so that's the thing. I want to be known for the community that we made it through a recession, a pandemic, and we're still going strong and we're still here to help the community out. Yeah. And, and obviously that comes from a number of different ways, but, still wanting to be around i mean you've been around for 13 or so years jeff you must be doing something right but inevitably for business owners rolling with the punches right adapting right. to the times and the times have certainly changed more so than ever over the last two years what do you think is going to be the biggest challenge for you or the biggest hurdle in attempting to do that and, and continue to operate moving forwards the biggest challenge is obviously going to be compete with virtual eyes. Um, I think anytime is stepping up and helping us out with doing that because they're, they're up to date. They know what's going on. Um, but yeah, I think that's the biggest challenge is going to be is we were convenient, but now people have made it realize it's more convenient to work out at home. So I think that's the biggest challenge that we're going to have to go through with probably the next five, 
10 years, maybe who knows, like, we don't know what's going to happen with gyms in 10 years. Yeah. And we don't it's know scary. what's happen. We don't know what's going to happen with gyms in two years, but yes, yeah, that's, that's true. Crossed. I was giving the benefit of the doubt, but uh, you yeah. put it in perspective. <laughs> Fingers crossed. We don't have any more pandemics coming down the pipeline, but I think that's important to, to think about in general because of these upper, the other options, tonal, mirror, all of these ways that people can work out from home. How do we as brick and mortar fitness business owners adapt to provide a service for the people that still want to be around. Cause like you mentioned, there's still a crowd. There's still plenty, yeah. plenty, plenty of people that want to be a part of this. How do we capture that audience? How do we provide a service that keeps them in the doors? And that's really a question that a lot of gym owners are going to have to answer moving forwards. And so Jeff, that's probably a pretty good place to, to begin to wrap this whole thing up. Um, but before we get out of here, I want to want to pose one final question for you. Here you are as a gym owner. You've been around for 13 years. If you were to happen upon a time machine and be able to tell 13 years ago, Jeff, a bit of advice before opening this club, what would that be? What would be the most helpful thing for you to hear at that time? um sadly invest in crossfit <laughs> yeah <laughs> that would have been the time to do it good point yeah i had a friend out in california 13 years ago she told me to jump on this bandwagon rather than the bandwagon i'm on now and i told her i said that concept's not going to work and here i am laughing and kicking myself for it but um honestly yeah 13 years ago i would said invest in crossfit hate to say it <laughs> um yeah. So, um, yeah, that and roll at the times <laughs> for sure. Jeff, this is, this has been really helpful and I, I appreciate your insight and a, a look into what you're thinking about when it comes to growing your club and how to do a little bit better as time moves on. I'm interested to see where this takes you and, and we'll have to check in with you again down the road and, and get a, yeah. a second episode or a second interview in with you. How does that sound? That sounds great to me. This was fun. So I'm excited. And I, like I said, I appreciate this. this. This was awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. Jeff, thank you. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.